thankful. You know, you can, you can play as long as you want, Becky, but you can, you know, just as you feel led. It does make it easier to speak, you know. Um, <clears throat> I'm thankful, you know, that we've got this, this, this time that's like I can, because we do the potluck, I don't have to, you know, it's not as long of a, a sermon, you know. And in some ways that's a good thing because there's some things that it's like it just doesn't take as long to get the point across. And so if you were to try to fill that into a full-length sermon, it's like, okay, we get it already. You know, you just keep saying, I mean, you already said that, you know. And so I wanted to talk about why we should go to church. And uh, it doesn't really take very long to talk about, honestly. Um, I, as a kid, I used to ask my mom, why do I have to go to church? You know, because she made me go. I was not a willing participant many times, but I'm so glad that she made me go. She'd make me go, you know, and, and uh, I don't know that she ever actually answered the question. I think that she just said, because I said so, let's go. You know, but, uh, you know, ever since I've been here, I, most of the visitors who've come through, and I've, I don't count any of you guys as visitors, you know, really today I'm kind of preaching to the choir. That's okay because it'll just water your belief that you... I mean, if you, if you didn't see value in coming to church, you wouldn't be here. You know, and I know you all, and so I don't consider anybody here a visitor. Um, not that I consider them outsiders anyway, but you know what I mean. And so most of the visitors who have come through have told me that the reason they come is because God told them that they needed to be in church. Like, I just feel like God told me that I needed to be in church. And, uh, you know, this happens not just here, not just in this building, but in churches all over the country, all over the world. But when God tells us that we need to be in church, do we really ask ourselves the question I used to ask my mom as a kid? It's like, why do we need to go to church? Why should we be there? You know, why, you know, take the time to get out of bed and, and, and sacrifice this time to come together? And, uh, you know, I think uh, really, and me as a kid, I can say I did this. I have plenty of reasons for the uh, people look for a reason not to go. For me, it was like all the good cartoons are on at this time. Why do I need? I mean, there was no. I mean, when I was a kid, there was no such thing as Netflix or anything like that. You couldn't just be like, oh, I just feel like watching. You know, I can just. There was no binge watching because you just you know if you missed it, you missed it. It was gone. You know, and so uh, but I, and I also had other reasons why I didn't want to go when I was a kid. There weren't a lot of kids there my age. You know, the one kid there that was my age was weird. You know, I'm just being honest. I mean, it was like, he's just weird. You know, he's just odd. It was like he didn't care whether I talked to him or not. So it was like, well, you know. And so, but see, God's clear. Hebrews 10.25 and the CEV says, Some people have given up the habit of meeting for worship. But we must not do that. We should keep encouraging each other. And by the way, I'm not counting out you guys watching online because I know that a lot of you can't make it here, and that's fine, you know, because you're still just as much a part of this. You know, uh, if you can make it, please try. There's something different about being in person. But if you can't, then that's perfectly acceptable to watch online because God can touch you there just as easily as he can touch you here. But uh, why should we go to church? Because we need encouragement from other people who love Jesus. We need it. We just do. That's what the word said. We can encourage one another. We need encouragement. I was listening to one of the other pastors in this area. I was talking to uh, the team about it before, you know, before service. 
And he's, uh, he's been a pastor here for over 30 years. And uh, he said something I'd, I'd never forget, you know, and just recently, because we were just kind of chatting, you know, and, and he was talking to, he was just talking, just kind of sharing his thoughts. And he said, you know, he said, people just seem to do better when they're in church. And the funny thing about it is that he's like, I can't really put my finger on why. I'm like, I can. I mean, the word just said that, you know, let's not forsake the gathering ourselves together, but encourage one another. Encourage one another. And, uh, but he's like, people just seem to do better when they're in church. And I can attest to that, you know. He said in all the years that he, he said, all the years I've pastored, he said, I've never seen a person leave church. Now, he wasn't meaning to leave to go someplace else because God does move his people around. God might say, okay, now it's time for you to go over here because maybe there's something there that you need to get a hold of or maybe something you need to speak or something along that line. God does move his people around because when God looks at his church, he doesn't look at, he, it's just his church. You know, all these churches in the area that when they meet, when they come together in Jesus' name, there he is in their midst. So it's all the church. You know, but I mean, God had told, I mean, there's, I've been in places where God has said, you're here to do this, or you're here until I say otherwise. And I've always lived that way. And I think that's, that's the way that God wants us to do, because he wants us to be open to doing whatever he says to do. And he does call people to, to things. But uh, he said, now he said, I've, 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 he said, all the years I've pastored, I've never seen a person leave church, you know, just to go off and do whatever they're going to do. He said, I've never seen them leave and then come back two years or three years or five years later stronger than they were when they left or in a better place than they were when they left. And, uh, and he stopped talking at that point. That was just all he said about it. And it, and it got me to thinking, though, because I've, I've seen the same thing. I've seen people who were in pretty good shape stop coming to church and then come back a year later and it's like, what happened to you? You know, and, and they always really need a lot of extra prayer in person and not in person. And they, they need a lot of encouragement to get back to where they were before they left. I've, um, and this is just a personal note, you know, and it's something to understand when you're uh, taking part in ministry because you all have a ministry, whether you're in the pulpit or not. And, uh, you know, I've... Because it doesn't always happen with, with me, but like people who have been out for a long time, like not in church for a long time, and they come, and it's only a matter of time before they go talk to somebody in the building, sometimes it's me, sometimes it's somebody else, where it's just like, you know, and they've got, they've got to get all this stuff off their chest because they've been picking up a lot of stuff. They've gone through a lot. I mean, they've been through the ringer when they're out. I mean, we go through things when we're in here. But it's helpful to have a support structure you can go to and say, I need prayer. Will you please help me? You know, and it's really God who does the helping. But the fact that there are the, the parts of the body of Christ here that can help, that's what God desires. He desires his people to be an encouragement to one another. And so, uh, but people who are, who are not in the body, for, I mean, well, they're in the, I mean, they're, maybe they're saved, maybe they're in the body, but they're not they're not, they don't have a, a, a company. They don't have some place that they go to for support and encouragement. And because of that, they suffer. And they go through something, and they may get out on the other end, but they're a, a lot worse for wear. And so, you know, people talk about the kingdom of God a lot, 
and it's right and good that we do that. Uh, but many times people don't talk about the fact that God has a family. So if you said out loud, Jesus is your Lord, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, and if you haven't done that, please come down and we'll take care of that right away because we should take care of that as soon as possible. If you're online and you're like, wow, I've never done that, do it now. Jesus is Lord. I make, Lord, I, I make you my Lord of my life. Okay, because as soon as you do that, now you have been adopted into God's family. And he wants you to be around other members of your family so that you can be encouraged by them and so that then you can also encourage them. Because we help each other at different times. You know, Paul talked about that. There was a church that sent, sent aid to the church in Jerusalem. And he's like, God will bless you for doing this. He said, because see, now you're in a position that you can help them. Later on, they'll be in a position that they can help you. It's biblical. So I'm going to read that verse in Hebrews 10 again, just in a few different versions. Just a few different versions of the Bible. In the New King James, it's Hebrews 10.25, in case you want to write that down. Hebrews 10.25 in the New King James says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. The NIV says, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. The Amplified says, not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. The message says, let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshiping together, as some do, but spurring each other on. The Holman Christian Standard Bible puts it this way, not staying away from our worship meetings, as some habitually do, but encouraging one another. And the NLT says, let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another. I want you to notice that that last one where it says not to neglect meeting together. You know, you can have a habit in place that you neglect. And you haven't necessarily lost the habit, but you can, you, you, you're neglecting it. You're, you're, you've skipped a few times. You've missed a few times. You know, and uh, because meeting here together should be a habit. And, uh, you know, our, our, for example, I was thinking about this, it made me laugh. Our parents taught us to have a habit of brushing our teeth. My parents taught me that habit. I hope that your parents taught you that habit, to brush your teeth, you know. And so, you know, you brush your teeth every day, right? You should brush your teeth every day. Uh, I remember growing up and there, people used to tell me, you should brush your teeth after every meal, and I'm like, like, I can have time to go home and brush my teeth after. He's like, you're, you know, you're at school, you know, and it's like, I, 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 I eat lunch. How am I supposed to go back? How am I supposed to brush my teeth at school? And then, uh, so I kind of used that as a And then another kid pulled out one of those little tiny mini toothbrushes that came, you know, they were like, and then they went to the bathroom, and I'm like, <laughs> don't give me a reason that I can do that. But anyway, you know, so you brush your teeth. You should do that. But have you, ha have you neglected brushing your teeth for a day and it was like well that really wasn't so bad you know 
no one seemed to notice. You know, I was able to get back and I was able to brush my teeth again. You know, but what happens when you go two days or three days or four days and it takes its toll? Yeah. Ew, right? Ew, right? You know, and, you know, maybe you just kind of notice, okay, well, there's some junk over here that I didn't notice before. You know, and then, or, or maybe people tell you something, you know, it's like, maybe you need, you, do you need, you need some gum or something or like a Tic Tac or, you know, maybe you should, and I've had people comment to me in the past, and it's not fun to have someone call you out on it. And so I learned very quickly that it's not good to neglect that habit of brushing my teeth. But I've also had times where it's like, I could, you know, you, you, know I, you can't help but miss a day sometimes. I mean, it's a very rare occasion. You can't help. It happens more often with church because just like Charlie said right now, Michael and Savannah have a great reason for being out because her dad had a heart attack. They need to be there for him. But they are still the church gathering together over there. And I mean, we have people who are out that it's like, sometimes that it's like, okay, well, and someone will tell me, I'm going to go over there and visit them. Well, guess what? Now that's the church meeting there. Because it's not about the building, you see. But uh, sometimes, you know, you can't help but miss a day. And then, uh, but sometimes it's kind of like a compacted problem. Because I've had times in the past where, yes, I skipped out on church. And then something happened in the following week, I couldn't make it. And then again, you know, and, and so that happened with, with me and Tammy a couple times where it was like, we, there was one time we missed like three or four Sundays in a row, and when we finally were able to get back to church, that, that didn't happen here, obviously, but when we finally got back, it was like, man, I feel like I've been gone forever, because a week is, a week's, weeks add up, you know, and so it's, it's like, it was still a habit to go but for some reason or another, we, we were neglecting that habit, and it really took a toll on me. Took a to- I, mean, I know it took a toll on me. And so, you know, uh, I'm not a pastor who, if you've known me for very long, if you know me at all, you know I'm not a pastor that makes anybody feel bad for being out on a Sunday. Have you ever felt guilty? because you ha- And I'm like, don't worry about it. I don't, I don't take attendance. I'm just happy to see you when you're here. You know? It's not my job to make people feel guilty, but it is my job to share with you the whole counsel of God, and so it is my job to tell you, here are the benefits of being here, you know, and so uh, I have had to learn, I had to learn quickly growing up not to neglect that habit of being there, I mean, because I eventually got to a point where my mom didn't drag me by the arm any longer, I had my own car, and I had to choose to be there. You know, and so another reason that the word will give us, and it's uh, outlying evidence, if you will. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen in the NIV says, "As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend." My mom used to love to quote that verse to me all the time. And you say, well, what does countenance mean? I used to wonder, it's like, oh, what is countenance? Countenance comes from a French word for behavior. But it has become a term for the expression of the face. Or the face itself, the expression of your face. How you carry yourself. How you come across when you interact with people. 
And uh, so as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And, uh, you know, that's why the verse said that we should encourage one another when we gather together because that sharpens a person's countenance. Have you ever met someone who was cheerful and confident? You know, in our modern times, we call that being in a good place. Have you seen Sharon lately? I mean, she's just so self-assured. She's just so happy. She's just really in a good place. We say that, right? In Bible talk, that means that Sharon has a sharpened countenance. Her countenance has been sharpened. Her behavior has something about it that now draws people to her. If your countenance is sharpened, you'll do better in life, just in general. There must have been something about Joseph's countenance. You know, you go back, if you go back and you read about Joseph's story, he is sold into slavery by his brothers, and as soon as he gets into Egypt, Potiphar promotes him almost immediately to be the head of his household. There must have been something about the way that Joseph behaved, something about his countenance that impressed Potiphar enough to say, you know what, I recognize that God is with this man, and he blesses him, so I'm going to put him in charge of everything I own. Because of Joseph's countenance, because how many of you know, you do not promote to the head of your household, to, to in, the person in charge of your household affairs, the person who's in the corner crying. And feeling sorry for themselves. But it's a sharpened countenance. And so when you say, well, who sharpened Joseph's countenance? It was God. Because Joseph knew his God. And how do we know that Joseph had a strong relationship with God? Well, because when he was presented with temptation, the first thing he said is, how could I do this thing and sin against my God? It was his relationship with God that kept his countenance sharp. And so you see that uh, God will sharpen your countenance as you spend time with him. But also he expects us to sharpen one another as well. Okay, so in order for us to do that, we've got to be in a habit of gathering together. And so uh, turn over to Acts chapter 3. This is going to be not a very long message, you guys, like I had said at the beginning here. Are you all with me? Yes? Okay. And this is something that you don't need to spend a whole lot of time talking about, to be honest, because God makes it very simple. He gives us a simple reason to gather. Simple, but vital. Absolutely vital. So Acts chapter 3, look at, at, uh, at verse 1, and let me read this out of the NLT. So this is right after Jesus has risen from the dead. Now the disciples are telling everybody about Jesus. Say, so that's a good thing to do. That's a good thing to do. Peter and John, this is verse 1, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. Where are they going? To church. <laughs> They're going to church. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people who going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, 
but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. I bet you that was encouraging. Get up. <laughs> get up. Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Why? Because the man had found his church. Like, these guys know Jesus. <laughs> now for time's sake... Look at the top of the next chapter, chapter 4. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed it, so the number of believers now totaled about 5,000 men, not counting women and children. The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, by what power or in whose name have you done this? He's just walking right into it, isn't he? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, or Jesus of Nazareth, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. Huh. And then the next sentence is telling. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. It says, Peter had no special training in God's word, yet there's something about the way he is talking to them with boldness. There's something about his countenance that they can tell there is something different about him. What was it? He had been with Jesus. His countenance had been sharpened by Jesus. They could tell just by the way he is acting, Jesus had an influence on this man. He has been with Jesus. So I want you to understand the most important thing is for you to spend time with Jesus in the word so that he sharpen your countenance and he, he will encourage you. And then your countenance will be sharpened by God himself. And people will be able to tell that there's something different about you. Now look down at verse 14. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. They had a huddle. Okay, what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about this? 
Verse 16, what should we do with these men? They asked each other. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign, and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. When they should have just said, okay, yeah, Jesus is the Messiah. Okay, they should have just said that, but they didn't. So verse 18, so they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. <laughs> but Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. The council then threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign, the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 30 years. As soon as they, as soon as they were freed, as soon, the moment, as soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers. The other believers. It, 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 they didn't go home. They didn't go to their parents' house and say, wow, that was a long night in prison. Can, do you, Mom and Dad, do you have something to eat? They didn't, they didn't, they went, they went to the other believers. They went to the church. They gathered together with other believers. The old King James says, they went to their own company. They went to their own company. How many of you know it's excellent to be in the presence of your company? People who believe like you do. People of like mind, like values. Yes, the most important thing is to spend time with God, but the next step is to spend time in the company of other believers. It's the first thing Peter and John did when they got out of trouble. And now they're all about to pray together. We're about to read it. But, but I don't want you to get lost in the prayer itself. Take note of the prayer, but I want you to pay attention to what happens after they pray to God together as a company, as a, as a church. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said, which was, stop preaching in the name of Jesus. Stop telling people about Jesus. That's what they told them. They warned them. Verse 24, when they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. For Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer... The meeting place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Not only did they encourage one another, but God himself got involved and shook the place. 
You say, well, you know, there's lots of churches that doesn't happen. What, what's the difference? They were all united in one accord. Completely in unity. Things happen when people are in unity. And unity is something that has to be maintained. It's not something that just happens. People think, well, that just happened. No. People have to choose to be united in thought and purpose. Otherwise, it just does not happen. And so God helps them. Yeah? They asked for help, and God helped them. Remember what I said at the beginning of this. God has a family. When we, as the family of God, do not neglect our meeting together, but we gather together to encourage one another and pray with one another and be of one accord, God will get involved because he is a part of this family. He is the head of this family. And he cares about how his family is doing. Do you ever feel, you, you, I mean, you know, you got to know God cares about how you're doing. He cares about how you are. And so, he wants us to be in the habit of meeting together to learn, to be encouraged, to pray, to support one another, and so that God himself can get in on the family gathering. He wants to be a part of the family gathering. All right, that's all I have for today. Is that helpful to you? Praise God. All right, now I've got some questions for the kids if you guys want. Do you guys want to answer questions? <laughs> Josiah's like... Huh? I don't want to include everybody either. There's a whole lot of treats out there for the adult, I'll tell you. Which reminds me, kids, don't necessarily just open, just open up this candy wrapper and just, just devour this thing because you've got to ask your mom and dad, you know, because they might want you to wait till after you've eaten, all right? And again, there's...